And now, a haiku review of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Sega Master System by Thomas Ross Parry. It's a bit lazy. Nearly good, but then fucks up. What it done well. Beautiful words. Hang on, that's wrong, isn't it? What? <laughs> it... It's five syllables. <laughs> Seven syllables, five syllables. It's not that hard, Tom. Let's get into it. It's Tom about attack. Two, three, four, five. Done it again. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, g- tell us it again then. I'm not giving you any introduction okay. now. It's a bit lazy. Nearly good, but then fucks up what it had done well. Do you want to air count those syllables? Because that seems like that's four lines to me. I'm not I'm not a haiku expert. It's a bit lazy. Yeah, that's what, um, lazy. Yeah. Lazy. That's fine. It's a bit lazy. Yeah, that's one line. That's okay. It's a bit lazy. Nearly. Oh, nearly. Yeah, I was going to say. Nearly. Nearly good, but then fucks up. That's (laughs) seven. Right? (laughs) What it had done well is five. Yeah, you are right. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. It's just your, it's just your delivery of that second line that made me think it was a bit longer. I do. Well, you see, the second, the, the third part of it is a continuation of the second. Yeah, part. I get it. I get. I see what you did. You give it intonation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear mine? Uh, bearing in mind that I've not played uh, Sonic uh, the Hedgehog two on the Master System. Well, it's going to be rubbish, whatever it is. Then. No, I think I think it's very truthful. Actually, I think. <laughs> Well, you've never played um, it, so it's, it's based on me looking at a U- it's based on me looking at a YouTube review for like three seconds just to judge the visual quality. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be interested to hear it. <clears throat> the game looks all right. It's better on Mega Drive. Tails can go do one. <laughs> you know, Tails isn't in it. Really? Exactly. That's why yeah. Tails can go do one. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> he Tails gets kidnapped. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Kill, Tails can go do one. I was always one. very disappointed as a kid because Sonic 2, you think, Tails. Tails is on the front. Tails is in uh, the little pictures which introduce every level. Yeah. But he's not actually They couldn't there. figure out how to make him work, so they're like, okay, <laughs> Tails can go do one. Exactly. But they did let you play as Tails in Sonic Chaos. Okay, well, that was good of them. Which, yeah, which came uh, out came later out and is later. actually all right. Mm. But you don't play... There's not one Sonic game on Mass System where you can have them both on screen together. I remember that being uh, an issue. Yes, I'm sure it was. Uh, when they were developing Sonic 2, trying to get two characters. That's understandable. Are you making... I can hear a noise. Yeah. A very audible noise of paper. No, it's not me. No, not anymore, not anymore. You, 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 oh Maybe my. it's my haiku, I don't know. How are you doing, Thomas? Oh, I can hear it now. I can. I think it's because these headphones, I've got new headphones, you see. So I think they're just hypersensitive to your uh, little noises. Maybe. 
I don't know. How are you doing anyway, Thomas? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you, Matthew. Uh, I had a birthday, so I'm older now than I was last time we podcasted. You are indeed, yeah. Um, You turned uh, 45. I'm officially older. I was older last time, but now I'm officially 45. <laughs> exactly. Now you are to the listening audience anyways. Now I'm actually... 32, if you're interested. Wow, I hope those of you playing guest Tom's age at home got that right. <laughs> I don't know, I'm in a funny mood after that haiku. I apologise, Tom. How was your birthday? Uh, my birthday was lovely, thank you. Uh, yes, <laughs> I got to speak to you, you did. on my birthday, which made it even more lovelier than it already oh, was. Oh, thank you, Thomas. Uh, it was a nice, quiet one. You know, at my age, we don't like to do anything too crazy. No, definitely not. 32, you know. So... So I can't say we left the house. No. Uh, <laughs> we were you uh, were you quilting? Were you making a quilt via a knit pattern that you were bought for your birthday? That's when I'm forty five. Okay. I might be doing that. I think. Oh well. I actually, we watched Karate Kid two. That was another highlight of the day. Did you get yourself a bonsai to celebrate? Uh, I'm afraid I didn't, but I do want a Mister Miyagi action figure now. I feel that character is deserving of a, a small statue of some sort does, in my home. Does it come with wax on, wax off action? He should do if he doesn't. I hope but so. That's not really his thing, is it? It's more Daniel Sands' thing. <laughs> you know, it is his thing to tell him to do it. I don't know. I want, I want like in those wrestling figures you had where you could move their hips and he would do like feng shui motions. I think that could be but quite But what cool. you want is you want a figure of uh, Daniel who does the pun- uh, who does the wax on, wax off and then Miyagi who does the punching and then you can uh, make them interact. Yes, see. exactly. Have you seen Cobra Kai, by the way? I saw the first three, two or three episodes that were free. Yeah, And I too. didn't want to pay to watch the rest of it. I wanted to pay to watch the rest of it, but then... Not that I... It's not that I didn't like it, because I really did, and I still want to see the rest of it. I just don't want to pay still. Fair. Or be able to pay, like, one lump sum in one go, and then just watch it. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd pay to buy a DVD. I don't want to sign up for another subscription service that I'm going to forget about, and then end up paying two times as much or three times as much as I wanted to. I'm totally with you. The odd thing is, when I first watched those around the time of the wedding... Uh, because one of my friends, uh, Tom, in Super Tomato in Cardiff, told me, hey, man, you need to watch Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is really good. And so I went home. And at the time, you could buy each episode for £1.29. It wasn't like you oh. had to subscribe to like YouTube Premium. I was like, oh, I'll do that. But that just seems like a weird thing to have to buy a load of episodes at like a pound each. That's more than well, a can DVD. Can you put them all in a, in a basket and buy them all together? Do you have to buy them all no, individually? No, you have to buy them all individually. Okay. So I was like... It's you always like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's so weird. But I, I didn't. I resisted the urge. So I was like, oh, come on. These must be available for free on the internet. And then I was like, no, I can wait. It'll be fine. I'll watch them with Martha. She likes Karate Kid, so we can watch them together. And then Who doesn't like Karate Kid? I don't know. I actually I have a weird experience of watching Karate Kid last year when uh, Martha's uh, parents and her brother still are with you. They don't speak English, or at least uh, mm. her mother and her brother don't. But they've seen Karate Kid so many times as a family that they were able to watch and enjoy Karate Kid by watching it in English without Hungarian without subtitles. subtitles. Yeah. Without them. Oh, wow. That's true dedication. Well, it's a relatively simple story. Well, yeah, I mean, of course it is, but... Boy moves to a new place, new school, gets picked on, dresses up with a shower for a dance. Yep. Um, <laughs> do you know that film's a, a 15 
rated film. Really? Why? And it's because Johnny is uh, rolling up a joint uh, when uh, Daniel pours water on him in in the uh, in the toilets no. at the dance. Oh, really? I think that's why. Also, uh, apparently, there's it's violent. Yeah, but I but, mean, uh, like, it's not overtly violent. I was going to say it's no more violent than the Power Rangers. And it teaches non-violence as well. It does, yeah. So... But as we all know, Tom, Daniel Sands the bad guy. What? Daniel Sands the bad guy. Have you not seen Cobra Kai? Is it not instilled in you the knowledge that Daniel is not the good guy in that film? Not really. It's not to say that uh, What's-His-Face is a good guy either. Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. yeah, but... Daniel's good, a good guy. I don't think so. I think that's kind of the the implication is that he kind of ruined a lot of people's lives and he's kind of turned into a bit of a jerk, was what I got from Cobra Kai. Oh, if you're talking about Cobra Kai. I I don't know. Maybe that's just his path, his, uh, his, you know, progression. But if you look purely at Karate Kid, he's definitely a good guy. I think think a large majority of the internet will debate that with you. When he tucks Mr. Miyagi into bed after he's had that drunken moment where he's... You know, thinking about how he lost his wife, you know, yeah, in childbirth and his, in his unborn child. And that, that Daniel looks after him, puts him to bed. He's, he's a lovely, caring fellow. But I mean, like the crane is an illegal move. He kicks him in the face, Tom. Who says the crane's an illegal move? Everyone who I know who's into karate. Like, the crane is nonsense. It's just invented for that film. But that, that's beside the point. Isn't it? Trying to defend your childhood heroes, Tom. You know it's true. Watching, watching part two, though, I was quite disappointed that the... Uh, it's quite realistic in a way, because you know he's got a girlfriend in the first. Yes. Well, they split up right at the beginning of the second, and he has some rant about her being, uh, you know, going off with another guy and yeah. all this. But I guess that's quite realistic in a way, because childhood romances rarely last no, forever. No, true. So the fact that they do break up, it's kind of like, oh... They just couldn't get Elizabeth Shue back because she'd become a famous actress didn't want to do more cry kids. Oh. I mean, she was in Adventures in Babysitting. Cool. That... Here's, a fun, here's a fun fact. Oh, she went on to lots of other things as well. Yeah, yeah. But she's, I think she's 20 in that film, and she's at high school. Yeah, but I mean, like, Daniel's, like, almost 30 in that film, right? Isn't he no, very no, old? No, no, no. He's definitely not as old as she is. I think he is. She's... She's 20. He seems younger, maybe around about 15 to me. I think, no, I think he's quite old. I think that's the point. Cause... If you see, the, you, you see the two of them together, she definitely looks like a more mature woman than he does he, a man. He was born in 1961. So, yeah, maybe you're right. I'd always heard that he was older in those movies. Anyway, Tom, this is oh, a part... No, actually, you could be right, 61. I, I want to know now. Okay, maybe maybe this isn't video game related. No, it is Let's, not video uh, game related at all, up, Tom Look Parry. it up later at uh, your own leisure. 84 is when The Karate Kid came out. So he was born in That's 61, right, so he was in his 20s. I said they were both in the 20s. Then. Yeah. They're both about 20. Yeah, because I, oh, like, was... I think he's almost like 30 by the time they do the third one, if I remember right. Yeah, I, I can't remember the third one at all. No, me neither. But I've I've got it to watch. I got all four of those original films for six pounds on DVD. It's the the fourth one's like a girl, right? 
It's uh, Hilary Swank, isn't it? Yeah. It's the next Karate Kid. The next kid. Karate yeah. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so video games. There is a video game of Karate Kid Part 2 on the um, Amiga, which I'm interested in picking up. Yeah? Yeah, it's meant to be pretty good. Okay. Like, it's, a, it's a one-on-one fighting game. Ooh la la, and you don't own it yet, Tom Parry. For the Amiga, and it's Karate Kid. Wow. What are you playing at? It's... It's on the list. You're buying like seven copies of Dead or Alive 2. You know what? I knew as soon as I saw in that Genki email that there would be a copy of DOA with a sleeve that you'd buy it somehow. I don't know why. Oh, really? You see, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Genki, the, the premier import <laughs> gaming website, it's one we both like and, and use often. I, I can definitely attest to its quality. Uh, yeah, uh, I bought some stuff from recently. I did a little video on it Yeah. Uh, for, for Blast Process. And that's on the YouTube channel now, if you want to go and check that out. And yeah, Matt, you also subscribe to the newsletter, I guess. I am indeed, yeah. I've purchased a few things off Genki I, in my I time. I found out how, how popular Genki actually is, because I went on their Twitter account today, and you're already uh, following Yeah, I follow uh, them. them on Twitter. But the uh, the famous gaming YouTuber, DJ Slope, yeah. had uh, commented... Uh, that uh, he just made his first order okay. from Genki. It had been recommended very highly I'm, from various people. I mean, I, I think it is a a very good service. I, I've I I definitely yeah would agree. I've ordered to them from uh, to the UK and to Denmark, and I've never had any issues. Yeah, I have to say as well, uh, Games World Bod, we can't uh, forget about them nope. <laughs> when we mention Genki as well, because it, it is a two we we do use quite a lot. Yeah, don't we? exactly. Over. Um, yeah, I use Games World Bodmin a lot uh, yeah. for game by games, especially Adam is very good at helping me out, the owner of that site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's more as well. You're quite in with the uh, Oh, man, I <laughs> use so many, <laughs> like, it's the wonders of collecting full sets. The Retro Hunter as well. You're, yeah, you're... I mean, I, I, I talk with Ali a lot and I buy from him a lot. I actually designed the logo for the Retro Hunter <laughs> way back when mm. as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to find places like that who are passionate, obviously passionate about the games as well. Well, yeah, yeah I I'm... think most people who own independent gaming stores like that are, aren't they? I think you kind of have to be, to be honest. Well, I, I think, think that's what drives be, yeah. you to do it. Mm. But yeah, unfortunately, I haven't played uh, the games that I bought uh, from Genki yet. Uh, I've been meaning to, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it. So it goes, yeah. Tom. Life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, well, I did. I have played some other games. <laughs> all that Karate Kid and all that quilting, you know, ties you out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's true. A bit of Yakuza as well. Yeah. After what we talked about uh, last week, I had a go at uh, Yakuza Kiwami. Kaiwami, yeah. not Kiwami. No, it's a Kai. Yeah. Kaiwami. Kaiwami. Okay. And so we did briefly speak on my birthday about my experiences with that. But for, for the for the audience, maybe I should uh, reiterate. Uh, how I feel about at least the beginning of that game. Very cutscene heavy. Yes. I still prefer Shenmue. It hasn't converted me into uh, the opinion that it is a, a fantastic leap in, in quality and uh, a real evolution of the genre uh, in... Well, in some ways it is. I mean, visually, at least, this uh, PS4 remake looks uh, a bit better. At least not it. At least not in um. Oh, what was I going to say? The the resolution of some of the textures in Kiwami isn't amazing. No, 
it's certainly on Shenmue level in some places. But uh, whenever you make a game with worlds that big, with that amount of detail, you can't expect like high-end textures. Also, this was a port of a PS2 game, so it is a remake it... of a PS2 game, though. So sorry, it's not. A, it's no. not a port. Yes, unlike Shenmue, it's not a port. No, but they must have used some assets, or were they using assets from other Shen, uh, other Yakuza I games? I assume so. Like uh, Kamarucho, the area has been in yeah. every game, so yeah, I assume it's probably. Yeah. Like... So if you take an idea of a poster, you might see there. Yeah. And then the texture would be quite low resolution. I noticed that in Yakuza 6, though. I think just like background yeah. images and stuff, no one wastes the memory on them, so they are low no. res. And, and I'd agree, it's not really important, but uh, that is still the same quality as you would uh, get in Shenmue. Yeah. It hasn't, that, that leap hasn't been made. But this is this is picking at, uh, I mean, like, you know, and the... ignoring the bigger picture. Exactly. I love how you have notes on that. It's just like, well, the posters look the same. <laughs> well, I I, ha- I was really going in deep and trying to think of things that were comparable. Uh, I think the biggest difference is that the gameplay of Shenmue is built around talking to people and then from talking, getting clues as to where you have to go next and what you have to do. Yes. Where it's fairly straightforward what you have to do in Yakuza. But as I said to and... you, this is a thing that has been introduced into the series as it's gone along. If you play the first PS2 game, I think a mm. lot of the waypoints and stuff on your map aren't there, and it is quite obtuse what you have to do sometimes. Yeah, because that's the biggest difference in gameplay. When you know where you have to go, the gameplay really is running towards where you need to go, getting through the fights, which Yakuza has a lot more, um, has a lot more emphasis on combat and a lot more fights than Shenmue yeah. ever had. Shenmue is a slower-paced story i'd say in general oh yeah for sure um but yeah not to say yakuza doesn't have its long cutscenes of uh exposition well yeah i i tried to play a bit of kiwami 2 yesterday and i i was literally while marta was filling out a form for something she was like oh it's gonna take us 20 minutes and i i just got out of a cutscene and she's like oh i'm done i was like oh so am i then save <laughs> turn it off yeah but you can save when yes, you want to you which can is, uh, which is good um, yeah, I kind of like this the story, but I think when you get into all that sort of like politics of Yakuza stuff, where they have all the uh, the big guys having their meetings, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm more into the the human plight of the uh, of the story ah. rather than because this is why I didn't really like that Takeshi Kitano film Outrage too much because it really had an emphasis on the politics of Yakuza. Um, and that is a huge aspect of these Yakuza games, isn't it? Yeah. Really. But I mean, like... I, I mean, it's interesting. Maybe I'll get more into it the more I play it. But initially, I like the story of Shenmue because it's relatively simple. You know, it's like one guy, his father gets killed. He's trying to work out how to get to the guy who killed him. Yeah. Basically, in the first one. I know that's kind of, you know, builds on that in, in Shenmue 2, but... It's quite straightforward to get into. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think Yakuza is that complicated to get into, though. Kiryu Kazuma, no, 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 his no, best no, friend really. Nishiki kills a man. Yeah, he goes go down on. for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, he comes true. out, everything's yeah. changed, and then he's trying to figure out what happened. Yep, yeah, that, that's right. Yep, yeah, that's that's fair. 
a little a little bit more complicated. I mean, yeah, I mean, it certainly there are a lot of like red herrings and stuff going on as the story progresses and things shift. And yes, there are more characters, but like I don't think the basic premise of that game is that difficult or to understand or that different from. I think the reason I've got this stance now is it hasn't convinced me that it's an improvement like you were telling me before. Ah, I think it is. Maybe we just have to agree to disagree, Tom Parry, but I honestly... like. I will play more. I will play not necessarily on a live stream, as I don't think I've had any comments on the video. No. Because uh, I, did, I did mention, uh, if, you, if you like this, you want to see more, do let me know. But uh... I would... Right then, tell you what I will say. Maybe not play this game then. If you're, if you're looking for like, oh my God, this needs to be as deep and meaningful to me as Shenmue, maybe play Yakuza <laughs> 0. Because I like Yakuza a lot, but I don't think that game is that good compared... Yeah, well, I have to admit that I was definitely more into what I played of Yakuza 0 than I am with Yakuza. Yeah. But, like I said, it's baby steps. It's, it is the first one on from that game. And like I said, Yakuza 2 changes so much up mm. in terms of the story and stuff. Like it become, It's a much better narrative sequence through and through. And then they have all the Yakuza 6 stuff, so you don't even have to worry now, about any gameplay things. How long would you think I'd need to, to, to complete a Yakuza game? Um, if you're not doing you know all what I'm the, like, Matthew. If you're not doing all of the side quest stuff, Yakuza 1's about 10 hours, maybe, at the most. Oh, that's reasonable. Uh, Yakuza okay. 2's a little bit longer, but yeah. you can... You, to be honest with you, I, I think you will be gripped enough by the story of Yakuza 2 that you wouldn't care that it's yeah. like 12 or 13 hours long that's or whatever it. it is. Yeah, it does very much depend on on certain aspects of like the story and is the gameplay... Does the gameplay remain interesting yeah. throughout? Uh, I've had this experience with a few games recently because uh, I picked up Tomb Raider again, the, the uh, original... Not the original, the, but the first one they called Tomb Raider again. The one that we covered on the first episode of this podcast, yeah. 196 yeah, episodes ago. It. I know. You know. And that's really where my problem lies with video games. People, I saw a review of Spider-Man saying 25 hours is yeah. short for a video game. I'm like, it's not short. No. 25 hours is a heck of a commitment to make to do one thing, but especially something like play a video is game. Is that 25 hours... Like everything, like mopping up absolutely every little bit. No, of the no, game. apparently not. No, no, there's there's loads more hours just to get through the story. Oh, twenty five hours. I don't know if I'm up for twenty five hours of Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, and and it only apparently gets good so many hours into it, like ten hours into it or something. I'm definitely not up for twenty five hours of Spider Man then. <laughs> and so. It just mystifies me how anybody could want... I don't know what the gameplay... I assume the gameplay in Spider-Man is very much like every other blinking Spider-Man game we've ever had, which is you're in a big city, you're you're fighting crimes, you're getting some stories still fed to you every now and again. You most, most time swinging around and then fighting people, yeah. which is great and, and a lot of fun. I feel like I've done it. So I feel, I feel like I've played this sort of template of a game before numerous times. There's been quite a few open-world Spider-Man games since the... Uh, well, you had that Spider-Man the movie game and then Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 2 yeah, really then... created that modern Spider-Man template. Now, I can't... Yeah, and yeah. you also went around buying all of the Spider-Man yeah, so games, like Web of Shadows played... and Ultimate Spider-Man and all this. I played through all these games, but I have sampled all these games. 
And yeah. I'm sure this new one looks beautiful, and I'm sure this city is the most fantastic, best-realized version of New York in any video game ever made, perhaps. But, oh, but for sure. uh, the gameplay, is it going to be interesting, especially when you're talking about a game which takes 25 hours to get through the main storyline? Because going back to Tomb Raider, as much as I like playing that game and think it's incredibly well made, yeah. I do feel like the gameplay sort of gets a little bit tiresome after you've been playing it for hours and hours and then because it really is very much the same thing all the way through and the story isn't engrossing enough to really hold your attention but the gameplay is so well done and so satisfying but it is recycling the same things and if the game was perhaps shorter yeah then you wouldn't feel like it's stretched out yeah as much as it is just looking at the website, howlongtobeat.com, it says that uh, Tomb Raider from 2013, the one we're talking about, is 11 and a half hours long for the wow, average Wow, to gamer. me, I've been playing this for years. Uh, Spider-Man, it says, is 15 hours, in wow. contrast to uh, God of War, which it says is uh, 20 hours, and then actually Yakuza 0, it says is uh, 31, which I don't believe, because I think I beat it in a lot shorter time than that with a lot of the completion stuff done. Wow. I mean, if a game does maintain your interest for that long, then it can be that long. But when it's maybe a more action-based game, yeah, then I don't know if the length is actually such a, a good thing. No, and I would an agree with you. game with not so good of a story, which is that long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's a heck of a commitment. And I have to say, with Tomb Raider, the thing is, I'll play it for an hour, and then... That'll be enough. And that's how I play video games, generally. Yeah. Uh, maybe on some occasions I play for a couple of hours. But then I was playing... I remember a period I was playing that Tomb Raider game quite a lot. Like every day I was doing an hour or something. Yeah. And I just got fed up. I had to leave it. I had to just kind of put it on the back burner for a while and do something different. Because the gameplay was getting a little bit repetitive. That's fair. As well done as it is. Because I must stress, it's a very well-made game. And very satisfying. But... There you there. go. So I also play Destiny 2. Really? As it's free? Yeah. No, no, actually, no. Before it was free, I got it for, <laughs> I think, about £8 on the Xbox One. Okay. Uh, of course, because inevitably this Forsaken package came out, combining yes. all the add-on content for, you know, full price, that they were getting rid of the standalone. What do they call it? Even As you install it, it even calls it base game. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Well, I mean, it is what it is. It fair. is what it is. But, you know, there is still a story mode there. And I jumped into it today. And, again, fantastic gameplay. Very satisfying. You know, Destiny's got that shooting down. To down, perfection. yeah, for sure. It really has. But it was just waves of enemies. I was shooting a wave of enemies, a wave of enemies. Yeah. Moving along to the next area, shooting a wave of enemies. The gameplay itself isn't particularly interesting it's fun nope. in short bursts but i don't even think then i think i can i think there have been so many halo games and now i've played so much of destiny both one and two yeah that i can very much see the the gameplay loop and then it actually kind of detracts from the shooting for me that i kind of become a bit bored with the shooting because that's all it is it becomes very monotonous for me yeah yeah, I would agree. 
You know, it looks great, you know, and I think a lot of the time these games do look fantastic and there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of fine details, but you, you can't take it all in, really, because the graphics are so high fidelity, aren't they? It's like, it's almost too much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I should be blown away, I guess, because it was it's a very well-made game, looks amazing, plays very well, but it's just the same old thing. Yeah, that it is. I think maybe at the time when Tomb Raider came out, it was a bit... Was it any better than something like Resident Evil 4, though? I mean, it's... Or Uncharted. Uncharted more so, I guess, is a good comparison. I would say so. I think it, yeah. I think it pushed Uncharted a lot, and then you saw... Naughty Dog take a lot of those things yeah. that it did very well and then implement them into Uncharted 4. And I yeah. I haven't it's, played it's, Rise of the Tomb Raider. It's certainly yeah. better than any Uncharted game I've played in terms of how it controls. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, that's not very hard. Like, Uncharted's never been a series that controlled very well mm. until Uncharted 4. Mm, of course, right. I must, I must try it sometime. But I'm hoping once I complete this Tomb Raider game, because I do have the sequel, the, the Rise of Tomb Raider, that, yeah. that at least injects a little bit of uh, new stuff in there. Because I don't know if I could play another game that was that long. Yeah, and I understand. that much of the same thing. Even though, comparatively to some games, it actually isn't that long. But for me, no, 10 hours is you know it's a reasonable length for a game like that. Well, of course. I mean, it's a pretty long commitment of time, isn't it? I you swear know? I've played it for more than 10 hours, so... Probably. I mean, that's just average. That doesn't mean that if you've died a lot or whatever. But also, like, bear in mind, you have played it over an expanded period of time, which probably makes you think that you've played it a lot longer than yeah. you have. <laughs> that's true. So, Old Man Parry, other than ranting about them video games today and them being the same old thing. Rah, too long. Give me more Shenmue. Have you been playing anything else? <laughs> Tetris, because that's a game you can't uh, call too long. Exactly. Um, uh, it's a game that keeps on giving. It's a game, and you keep on giving me Tetris. Thank you so much for my uh, copy of Tetris for the Mega Drive, which uh, is fantastic because I see a Mega Drive isn't a console that I have any version of Tetris on, and it's a special one, isn't it? Matthew. It is indeed. Uh, it was released, uh, I believe, by Tengen or Sega, based on the map, yes, on a, the arcade a, this one. This is the uh, Sega version. There are two versions on the Mega Drive, the Tengen version and the uh, Sega version. I think yeah. the Sega version is the uh, more obscure of the two. Yes, it is. Uh, I think. There are Japanese copies of it. There are legit copies that made it out yeah. into the wild, but... Because Sega had the arcade license around the time of this hoo-ha around... Um, Oh, what the hell was the name of the the company that was publishing it for home computers? Uh, Spectrum Holobyte. Yeah, no? Spectrum Holobyte. When they were putting out stuff for the PC, while Sega were like, "Well, we have the arcade right. We have the rights to put it out on console." And then yeah, it was all obviously... very confusing. So this was recalled. This uh, Mega Drive. Yes, it based was based upon the arcade version, which and I. I... Play something very similar because there's a collection on the PS2, a Japanese-only collection of yeah. Sega arcade versions of Tetris. Yeah, and I've played something very similar just in its original arcade form. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how is it? Like, I obviously this copy is a reproduction, isn't one of yeah. the ten available worldwide for the <laughs> the Japanese Mega Drive because they go for a serious amount of money. But well, you know, as with a lot of these reproduction cartridges, it's 
you know, it's as good as having the real cartridge. And it comes yeah. some some very nice uh, packaging as well. I think there's a lot of attention gone into the whole package. Yeah. And it plays like those Sega versions of Tetris. There's one thing that I really dislike about those versions. What? Is you can't turn the piece until it's come down a certain way. It, when it first appears, you can't turn it. You have to wait a couple of seconds for it to lower itself into the... Oh, weird. Yeah, so that's always been very off-putting about those versions. Besides that, it's a very playable, very enjoyable version of Tetris with uh, great catchy music as well. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of these Tetris games from all different sort of developers that just have fantastic music. I think they need a best-of-Tetris CD. Uh, a massive because the CDI Tetris is a, you know the thing unto its own yeah. of quality, but um, I think even you need the, to make that YouTube video, Tom. I think I would net you a considerable profit. Yeah, Super Tetris Three has some great tracks on it as well. Uh, the, Tetris DX is some weird stuff. If you've ever yeah. heard that, it's hard yeah. to find. There's like three or four different uh, pieces of music, and it's hard to find one that's actually pleasant on the ears anytime i've played <laughs> tetris dx i've just been like why don't you just have ty- uh, theme a from tetris in this yeah. why yeah, have why you changed the music you yeah. fools yeah and then uh that the classic tetris theme does come back in the, the ps3 version of tetris by ea as well but then they sort of remix it a little bit as well yeah yeah uh it's the history of music in tetris games is an interesting subject for sure, but it's it's a great uh, great game to have, and uh, thank you very much for that. It's okay, Tom. I did play Tetris Two on the Game Boy, and realise it's more Doctor Mario Two. Yes. <laughs> well, this is what I was saying to you: is that they they just slapped the name Tetris on a lot it, of games. The funny then... thing is, I knew it was different, but I didn't know it was so similar to Doctor Mario because I hadn't. Yeah. I didn't actually know how to play it, and then I actually looked up how to play Tetris Two. And then realise what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's an enjoyable game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's Tetris. It's Doctor Mario with an added bit of complication that there's different shapes at four rather yeah. than the same shape that you turn how you need yeah, to yeah. Doctor Mario. So yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit more challenging, I guess, but it's satisfying and fun, and it works on the Game Boy even though you've got. No colours. You've got the different patterns on the pieces, and that doesn't make it difficult. Really, it's it's quite intuitive that way. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I think Tetris Two's uh, worth playing. I don't think it's something you need to uh, avoid or anything. It's just not <laughs> Tetris. But... <laughs> Have you ever played Tetris Plus on the Game Boy? I've played Tetris Plus. I've got Tetris Plus for the Game Boy. Yes. Uh, that comes with a classic version of Tetris, which isn't as good as a regular classic version of Tetris. No. And also the puzzle mode, uh, which, yes, I've played it on the PS1 uh, Tetris Plus. Yeah, I can see there's actually... It was released on the Saturn as well. Yep, I've also played on the Saturn. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I have. I, I have the Game Boy version, and I was just like, oh, I've never actually played Tetris Plus. So you have think. that little man, don't you? you, you, you Using the pieces and climb out of a, an area. Yes, I think that's that's the gameplay Tetris Plus, isn't it? There's it a variation that of that on uh, Tetris Party for the Wii yeah. as well. That's quite a complete version of Tetris. Lots of different modes. I'll have to keep up. an eye out for it. It's also on the DS. 
as well. So yeah, when I'm not playing uh, anything else, I'm I'm usually playing Tetris. Fair. When when Strictly Come Dancing's too boring, I I I, I pulled out my oh, God Game Boy. Well, you see, I don't mind watching the dance on that. In the UK, it's a new series of Strictly Come Dancing, very popular program. Yes, came very on popular last, program. Last night, and I thought, oh great, we're into some dancing. All the celebrity, well, most celebrities I didn't know. Uh, well, I was going to say, so- is in it. Celebrity is a very but, loose word in the yeah. Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, D- yeah, Danny John Jules, you know, the actor who plays Cat in Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. in it. I recognise him straight away. They've got some newsreader. Right. But you, you can't call newsreaders and news broadcasters. They're broadcasters, yeah. journalists. Well, yeah, the, term they news, the term newsreader, though, feels like it's a bad thing. Huh? Well, describes what, yeah, but I mean, like, they, they are broadcasters. They do... They are actual journalists. They're trained. They've been out in the field covering yeah, wars and stuff. That's, I think that's that's fair. But you know, I still know newsreaders as newsreaders. But uh... <laughs> in my day, not, not to, not games to put down were what, fun what, what and newsreaders were newsreaders. But the point I was trying to get at, and this yeah. isn't related to games, is that you've turned old and crotchety at thirty-two. Uh, that they were they were just introducing them to the dancers. You know, they partner up. They have a professional partner, celebrity yes. does, and they dance. Everyone's seen this or Dancing with the Stars or whatever. I mean, in all fairness, is available in every country. I think yeah. that people listen to this podcast, so I don't think it's fine to whatever. No, yeah. You don't have to go into detail. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, this show, they were just partnering them up. Right. Who are you going to get? Oh, I've got this one. Ooh. And I was like, gee. Just play Tetris. And then I watched Payback <laughs> with Mel Gibson, which was far more entertaining than Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, I, I think you should put that on the DVD quote if you if you ever have a publishing <laughs> company for for Blu-rays and DVDs. Better than yeah. Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, well, just at this first episode, I'd, I'd probably get better. They've got a uh, social media celebrity on there now. It doesn't surprise me. And I don't know who he is. Yep, sounds about right. But... Uh, that's a bit of a change, isn't it, in TV shows? What constitutes a celebrity can now be wow. a social media star. I just think they're trying to get the kids to watch it. You know? is, that, is that a YouTuber or is that just someone who tweets? I don't I, even know who that is, Tom. I don't even, I'll have to look him up if you, for you. If you could tell me who it was, then maybe I'd be better equipped <laughs> to answer you, but I Matthew, don't know. is there anything you want to rant about this week? I'm actually a very happy chap at the moment. I've had a lovely birthday and, and some lovely gifts and had a lovely time with my family and friends. And uh, I'm not an angry old man. Yeah. It's just I've taken this platform to have a bit of a rant today. I don't know why. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Well, I I've been playing a little bit of a game. I like I say a little bit of a game. I mean, literally a little bit of a a little game called Donut County, um, oh. and it's a pretty pretty charming thing. It's only apparently about two hours long, which I kind of wish I'd known before paying the the hundred yeah. kroner to of, buy it. I have heard of this game. Um, it is you play as a whole. And you swallow things, Katamari <laughs> style. That. You play and as the, a hole. The bigger your hole grows, the bigger things that you can fit in said Ooh, hole. Oh, uh, that's that's massive. Indeed, there is some also some puzzle mechanics around it. It seems like you are the whole town has been swallowed at the start of the game. The and whole you're trying town. To, yeah, the whole town is literally in this big crevice under yeah. this. I've seen some clips. Yeah, under this uh, donut hole, and apparently it a raccoon who you. 
I guess you play as, even though you play as a lot of characters, you switch perspectives because there's stories going on. So you, you go around and you switch perspectives of these different characters and they all have their own little bit of this story to tell. And apparently this raccoon who runs a donut shop, apparently the raccoons have moved in and bought a lot of businesses in this town. And they, uh, one of these raccoons called BK has an app, which essentially means that when people own it, order donuts from his donut shop, he's sending out to this hole to like consume all of their land from the looks of things. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what the story is, but it's quite fun. It's quite Katamari-esque, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of puzzle elements to what you're doing. So one of the things I had to get my hole big enough that I could pick up this huge prized carrot from a garden, oh, then oh, lure uh... out lure out some rabbits who then fell in the hole and because there was a male and a female rabbit in the hole, little hearts started coming out implying that they were multiplying and uh, then the hole started getting bigger because there was lots of baby rabbits I assume um, What were you playing this on? PlayStation? Or? PlayStation 4, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it's also out on iOS and Steam I don't think Is it's it... on the Switch Okay, I heard it was uh, more of an iOS touchscreen type game does that does it translate well to a console and controller yeah i think it's fine um a lot of the ui and a lot of like the the conversations in the game are clearly meant to be as if you're on a smartphone yeah so i wonder if i wonder if they actually then turn into like just you holding the phone when you're playing it on the app i don't know but it, it seems pretty fun. It's pretty lighthearted. It's one of those games that I'll probably get Martha to play because I think she'll enjoy it as well. It's a casual game. Mm. But yeah, and that's it, it fine. Seems... A casual game should be reflected in its price. So you said it was how much? It's uh, it's about a tenner. About a tenner. Do you think it's worth a tenner? Uh, I'm undecided. Uh, I I've enjoyed playing it, but yeah. I mean. I don't know, like, I'm wait curious for a to sale, see what perhaps. the story is. Yeah, yeah. I maybe wait for a sale. I don't know. Like, maybe I'll come back to you next week and go, wow, that was a really charming game. I really love it. But like I said, I'm going to get Marta to play it, so we'll get our money's worth, because both of us will play through it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm waiting to see. I'm I'm curious to get Overcooked 2 at the moment, too, because I'm almost at the end of Overcooked, finally. We only play it every now and again when we have friends over. Mm. But we are we are just on the last world now, and so I've I've picked up Overcooked two a couple of times and gone. Mm-hmm. Should I get it on Switch? Should I get it on PS4? Because we've been playing it on PS4. I bought P- four PS4 controllers so I could play it on PS4. But would you like it portable as well? Yeah, but I mean that I don't know because I I think playing it on the TV and making a bit of a vent around it has been the thing of why we've liked playing Overcooked. So yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's how I always come to trying to decide if I should bother getting something for Switch or just get it on the PS4 or Xbox. I saw a guy the other day on Twitter who had a collection of Switch games. It was like 120 Switch titles. Hmm. Like physical physical boxed cards. Well, maybe that's the like, only console he's got and he really likes collecting for it. No, it doesn't seem that way. Uh, it seems like he collects a lot of other consoles as well. But I was just like, man, there's 120 Switch releases already in like a year and a half. Yeah, well, yeah, I I, off, I am surprised that the kind of games that are getting physical releases on Switch as well. I mean, lots of things that I mm. I wouldn't necessarily... Like, some of the stuff I've seen from Limited Run, actually, for Switch games, I think Nintendo are making it so easy to self-publish games on that platform that Limited Run's perhaps even struggling to get good games. 
because mm. I saw one or two of them, and it was like a Stickman game, and I was like, okay, I'm sure people like that game, but I don't know if I need to own a physical copy of that one in particular. Like, uh, Thimbleweed Park, I bought the physical release of that. Um, I think one of the Sen Rank and Gura games, I think, was all physical from Riveted Run. Uh, uh, it's also Super Rare who release uh, uh, physical version of Switch games. We featured them on Blast Process before. They were yeah, kind you enough reviewed. to send a, a, a game uh, yeah. to, to, for us to showcase. And uh, yeah. I've so seen there someone else as well releasing one uh, recently yeah. from the UK, and I was like, "Oh God, there's so many of these little like that independent was, um, publishers now." Fire in the Flood, I think it was called. Yeah, if you've heard of that one, it looks like a really nice looking game, survival, survival type thing. Yeah, Flame in the Flood, it was called. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of these small publishers cropping up. Which is also adding to it, I think. Mm. But it's also just like, I go into retail here, and when I was in Paris, they had lots of stuff that was like US only. Like, there's a. Uh, I picked up, as I mentioned previously on the past, uh, the physical release of Soldam, which is a Jalico puzzle game that was originally released for the Game Boy that they made a new version of. Mm. Um, there's also Penguin Wars, which is like a. Do you ah, remember yes. that? So the Game where Boy. You're... No. Yeah, game by game where you're a little penguin and it's kind of like an aggressive version of like uh, dodgeball versus pong. I think you've mentioned it and then I saw you post a photo of it recently. Yeah, uh, but there's yeah. a Switch version of that now as well in a physical release that I'm kind of tempted by because I like that game a lot. And mm. I was like, well, the digital version of it's 25 quid. I can buy a physical one for 30 euro. Maybe I should just get that. Um, But I, I don't know. It's like I find... I find myself kind of weirdly paralysed by this idea of should I just buy the physical release for Switch because games take up hard drives space. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's it. I like having the games actually on the console downloaded for the ease of play. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, yes, you have limited space if you don't upgrade to uh, some sort of, you know, stick a reasonably sized uh, SD card in there and I think you're good to go. I haven't gone that way. I haven't actually upgraded the memory on my Switch yet. So No. Uh, I'm getting to the point where if I want more Switch games, I'm going to have to own the cartridges rather than downloading them. Or get uh, one of those uh, micro or get SD, an SD cards. Card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they can be picked up reasonably. Relatively They're getting cheap. cheaper well, all yeah. the time now, SD cards. So, so it's it's a problem with all uh, consoles now, isn't it? You've got to buy some extra media, storage media, whatever you, whatever you do. So yeah, same with sure. Switch. Uh, but I'm not that bothered about owning physical copies of Switch games other than to <laughs> make sure I'd, I've got room on my uh, On the Switch itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got three physical Switch games. Mario Is that all Rabbids, you own? Mario Odyssey and uh, Splatoon 2. Oh, okay. That's all I've got. And I'm not someone who feels like they must have many more. I don't, it's partly due, I think, to they're, they're very small boxes. There's no manual in them. No. There's a very small cartridge inside there. It's not an amazingly ama- great package. No, uh, it it kind of feels a bit cheap as well, right? Yeah, like yeah, the they case do feel itself. cheap and light, and I don't feel like I really want to own these. If they came with a manual, if they came with something, <laughs> I mean, 
I'm kind of okay with them. Like everything else these days comes in like a case similar to this with not a lot in it. Although I, I actually... do like the Xbox One boxes. No, they're uh, quite light. They're mm. super light, but that's that's them saying, "Hey, we don't want to use that much plastic in our game cases," which I can kind of respect. And I do like. I'm all right with the PS4 one, but yeah, they're the similar things, aren't they? I don't know. I just I I think. As time goes by, especially with these newer consoles, I'm feeling less of the urge to own physical games for Yeah, them. because the physical copy, unless you're getting limited edition, isn't particularly special. No, for sure. But it's also just like, any time I think now about a physical game, I'm like, well, a new PS4 game will cost me like five, 600 krona, so about 50, 60 quid. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, do I actually need it? Can I just wait? and get it on sale or borrow it from someone later yeah. down the line? Do I have yeah. to buy it straight away? And to be honest with you, like, I've been saving quite a bit by not just rushing out and buying everything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so, the way to do it. Always has been. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I needed to be part of the conversation, Tom, and then I realised, oh, actually, no, you don't need to be part of the conversation. Nobody needs to be part of the conversation. Just enjoy them. They're just, just buy the games you want to play, really. Uh, I love experiencing new and different types of games, but I've been a bit more, especially with modern games, a little bit more selective as to what I've been getting, unless it's cheap. Well, like I said, <laughs> uh, like things like Donut County really appeal to me because I'm like, well, I want something a little bit different. And yes, I can compare it to Katamari, but at the same time, it's still trying something a little bit different with that yeah. formula that I'm into. I've purchased many a game on PS4 which uh, fit the same criteria. Those are the games I'm usually most interested in. The ones I tend to download because they're the ones you don't... They don't normally get a physical release unless they're on Switch, and then they probably do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think uh, the only the only game I've bought recently from Limited Run actually is Bastion. Mm. Because, as you know, I love that game to pieces. Yeah. I mean, if you, um, if you love a game that much, then you want a physical copy. It's yeah. simple. If, so yeah. if someone says, like, hey, we're going to put out a Fez a physical copy, I'll be all over it. Because I almost bought... They did, like, a a box that was limited to, like, a 1,000 pieces or something mm. for about 120 quid for Fez. And I, yeah. I missed out on it, and I'm still gutted by it. I really, really like Fez. And I I don't know. There's, there's something for me about like if i care that much about a game i want to own it but if i don't then i don't really care anymore yeah i think i still do like having a physical library of uh of titles well, i mean for sure whole. i was i was actually this morning so going through all my got, game boy I games think that, that's the biggest thing when i'm deciding whether i want to play a game or not i find the easiest way to do that is to look through a physical uh you know collection yeah Rather than yeah, yeah. a digital collection, I because it's difficult to see. I don't, I don't find it difficult. It's not difficult to see everything together. You go on library on PlayStation Four, and they're all yeah. there. But yeah, but I mean, like I've downloaded absolutely everything that has been available on PS Plus since the PlayStation yeah, so came a out. Lot of so my library stuff. is massive. Yeah. Which is kind of great, but it's also one of those, like, my library's so big now that I don't want to not have PlayStation Plus because half my games, if not more, are tied to that account. Yeah. So uh, I must say, looking on the Xbox, where you can kind of organise them in terms of file size, yeah. I noticed this the other day when the, the biggest file sizes were mostly 
first-person shooters. So yeah, anything sure. that's got an online aspect, online multiplayer, huge online multiplayer aspect, they take up such a lot of room. Gears of War 4, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, it's nearly 100 gigabytes. Yeah, you said. It's yeah. why I deleted uh, Battlefield 1 recently, because it was yeah. like 78 gig or something I, like that. I just can't get over that. I had another update today. Still, still never played the game. Every time I think about playing it, yeah, it's up <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's weird because No Man's Sky, I think, is about ten gig. Maybe it was less than that because I kept uh, it installed even after I deleted I think it. It's, oh, I think basically it might be around about that, but I think it's a little bit more. Maybe now, but it wasn't. Maybe now, but it wasn't. It was like it was a it was like... very small game. Surprisingly, Witness was bigger it than it yeah. when I went through my hard drive last before this new update was released. Oh, this kind of interesting. Uh, have you played? Um, I tell you, just what's uh, on my mind right now is uh, I got Call of Duty World War Two from Gareth yeah. for for my birthday, and I was interested in playing the you know a World War Two game uh, um, on a modern console. Excuse was... me, Tom. Do you do you mean uh, Call of Duty WW Two? Oh, sorry, WW Two. World say, Wrestling Two. <laughs> not disappointed by it, and. Uh, it's one of the best-looking video games I've ever seen. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't played all the latest releases. It does make war as horrific as you could imagine it to be. Cool, that's what I want in a video game. Uh, but in a good kind of way that doesn't kind of glamorise it in any way. And its emphasis on uh, being a, a team and, and individuals in your uh, battalion... Squad. Yeah. Your squad. It's very well put together, and very engrossing and very cinematic. And I say, if you want a World War Two type game, this is probably the best thing that's ever come out. At least to, to me, it's uh, it's very good. I think from what I've played, I haven't played through the whole game yet. But I mean, uh, it's not coming out. Uh, well, Black Ops Four won't have a single player campaign, so maybe I'll pick it up from the library and see what it's like. I think it's a game, if you like video games, it's a game to experience the level that we're at with this sort of realistic-looking first-person shooter. Now, you've probably played you've played Battlefield 1, haven't you? So that's yeah, I maybe, have. You've already had that kind of experience. But for me, yeah. this, was, uh, this was very impressive. I don't know if I need more of it, to be honest. No, no, it is a little intense. It's not a game I can play for many hours on end. Uh, yeah, but it it does it well, and he does it with some sort of like like I think uh, Battlefield does. He does it with some taste as well, and so yeah. uh, it, it addresses what it is about. Okay, know, that war isn't a fun a fun old thing. It's uh, it's messy, <laughs> but still, the act of shooting people in video games is enjoyable. But uh, yeah, yeah. How many set pieces have you seen in the time playing the game? Well, you do the uh, Normandy D-Day landing, which I think you did in Call of Duty 2, was it? Yeah. Um, and that, that was a set piece in itself. And then there's a great little bit where one of your uh, squad goes down and you have to drag him through uh, a section through the trenches to get him to like a camp. Yeah. And 
Yeah, that was really that was really different. I thought that was a set piece in itself because you had people jumping up as you're trying to drag him out, and you had to quickly yeah. shoot him down. And the the medipacks is a huge thing in World War Two as well. Uh, you're constantly asking people for medipacks and and then giving yeah. them to people who need them and your squad, and that's a, a big chunk of the gameplay. It's not that regen. That's how they kind of get around the regenerating health thing. Yeah, because regenerating health doesn't really make sense in especially in a game like this. Yeah. So the medipack sort of goes away to address that. So that's a. Yeah. Set pieces, yeah, of course. There's loads. It's Call of Duty. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just wanted to know where you were on the ratio of set pieces. Was it I high, think, uh, low? High, low. Within this first mission. Yeah. Within this first mission. I wasn't sure if my mic was working then. Uh, there isn't that. Too many. No, it feels like it's a, ni- a nice balance of s- stuff. Okay. You know, between set pieces and actual in there shooting parts. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty good game, you know. Yeah. Anything more, Tom Parry? Anything more to say? I, I was just going to mention while, while we're podcasting. Have you uh, played The Messenger yet? I get here so many good things about it. It's Ninja Gaiden type indie game. The Messenger. The name if rings a bell, but I have this. not played it. Uh, this is apparently the one, the one of the best uh, indie games, one of the best retro throwback type experiences, uh, which it starts off as a sort of Ninja Gaiden type game, and halfway through uh, enters sort of that Metroidvania, dare I say it, uh, kind of uh, video game. Oh, I'd seen this on the on the market, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, that looks like Ninja Gaiden." And then I I skipped past it immediately because I was like, "Well, it just looks like Ninja." Apparently, Gaiden. it's got a lot of humour. Uh, some have said it is the best example of a a retro style game produced today since uh, Shovel Knight, for okay. example, which was very popular for being you know like a retro throwback type game. And done yeah. very convincingly, I think, as if it came out of that era. Okay. And this, from what I've heard, is the same the same story. Also does a weird thing, apparently, where halfway through the game, it changes to 16-bit, starts 8-bit, huh. and then it goes 16-bit, and it's got a lot of humour in it, apparently, and uh, I think a lot of challenge as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, that sounds because, good. Because it's a modern game, not as punishing as Ninja Gaiden, you don't have to go all the way back to start the level, it's got checkpoints. But, yeah. Uh, that's, good. That's maybe one to uh, look out for. Uh, okay, maybe I'll give it a go. I haven't played it myself, but uh, you know me, I, I like to wait for the sales. Yeah, you do. I'm not in any dire need for new games and paying through the uh, teeth for... Uh, paying through the teeth, is that an expression? Yes, it is, paying through or, your teeth. Or is it, is it in your nose, though? Paying through your nose? Maybe. It's paying through the nose, isn't it? I think it's paying through the nose. What's through? There's an expression that is through the teeth, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have been tempted by some. No, I am I'm not so going to go. Like, uh, SNK. Sorry. Yeah, it's either way. What does it mean? I understand oh. pain through the teeth. Yes, it's oh. either or. There you go. Oh, okay. I was just saying SNK heroines. Uh, SK heroines tag team. Yeah, yeah, That's I'd seen now. that that was out. Uh, also, yeah. that um, the game with the cave story people in it fighting. Is also oh, out. yeah, yeah, I'm tempted by that as well. And still, I've not got a Blasblue Blas Blue, um, Cross Battle, whatever it's called. Yeah. Cross, 
something. Yeah, yeah. I'm but getting as... behind on me, me, t- me new 2D fighters. Core blimey, Tom. Well, it's understandable. That are, that are all available for Switch as well. They are, yeah. Uh, but they're still, like, full price. So Yeah, they are. So, you know. There is that to think about. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up, Tom Parry, even if okay, you do have more to say, because that's how I roll. But okay. it's also because my podcast machine is ticking down the time, and I can see I've only got 10 minutes left. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's I think do this I, quickly. I think I've finish ranting now okay as long as you are relieved uh you are you're happy in your 32-ness and you've you've said your piece about spider-man and destiny and everything else i'm not to slag off spider-man i'm sure it's great it's just you don't know you if know. you need to play it can yeah, it really be that new of and fresh of an experience just a really good looking well-made game which has a similar you know style to some of the older well, since I've seen the Spider-Man origin story like four times in film, I don't know if I need to play it again in a fil- in a video no. game. Let's Not see. one you're running out to, to buy, then. Yes. Anyways, um, if you have enjoyed this podcast, you can let us know in a variety of places, such as on uh, Twitter at TMACast, uh, where one of our listeners, Paul, from Maximum uh, Power Up, reached up to me last week and was like, oh, I like, enjoyed hearing about the, the bit in France. I was there. I saw some really expensive SNES games. Have a look at this. 800 euro. And I was like, pfft. And that was about 10 years ago. Um, So, yeah, if you've listened to this podcast and enjoyed it, please do the same. Uh, We will respond and, uh, yeah, we can have a dialogue, a conversation. Be part of the conversation, I dare say. Um, You can do so, as I said, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMACast, and uh, also on blastprocess.com in the comments there, and on tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast as well, actually. Lots of places to comment. Yes, we will read them. We will respond. Uh, as I said, you can listen to the podcast also on Tomat Attack and Blast Process, as well as in iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, give us a cheeky rate and subscribe. Let us know you're listening as well as being part of the conversation. Hoorah. You said and that 197 times now? Probably. Yeah, 196, I think. I don't know. I think there's this, been episode bonus episodes and... this episode is 197. Yeah, but there's also been like the one we did that was just about films, so I probably said it even more. Um, if you've, yeah, so if you've listened to all of those, good for you. Let us know answers on a postcard of how many times I've said it, and maybe I don't know. We'll give you a DS game. I don't know. I think I've got a few copies of Brain Train lying around. You can have. Go on. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sure that's a, that's a great incentive for someone to <laughs> listen to all the podcasts, and then you get some Brain Train in. Well, I mean, it's it would brain be brain training, training in itself. Us. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's it for me, Thomas. Anything more to say? Anything coming out on Blast Process this week? Uh, always something on Blast Process, practically every day. Yeah. So even if you don't like video games, uh, we do uh, there's toy reviews and there's uh, unboxings. Now, we're pretty fast becoming a pop culture-like channel, which people love to hate, but uh, I do feel our quality of a certain standard and is, is uh, very entertaining and enjoyable and informative. So, you know, if you like video games, if you like board games, if you like toys... If you like comics, a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, then, from blastprocess.com. Uh, We've got you covered, but uh, yeah. I, I haven't uh, forgotten that uh, video games are why we were created, and I continue to uh, make video game content Yes, for the channel. Um, and from me, uh, there will be a review up of Un Indian Dan's Laville by the time you hear this. Hopefully, if 
I've tried to render it three times now and it's crashed every time. I think my Mac is slowly dying, which is not good. Uh, but let's see what happens. Anyways, uh, now Tom Parry, it is time for us to leave. Uh, we're not going to yes. end with another haiku, but what do we say at the end of these things? We say, game on and see you on the next series of Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, we do. Do, 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 do. I don't know the music. Game on. Game boil on Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. Do, 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 do,